You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello, welcome back once again to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. It's going to be our week one recap show. Yes, that's right, week one. Well, almost in the books, two games to go tonight, uh, recording this Monday, but we're going to look back at all the Sunday action here on today's show, and I'm going to be joined by Jeff Reinbold, Special Teams Coordinator for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, a lot of you will know from the Sky Sports NFL coverage, a, a great mind for the uh, the sport of American football, and really looking forward to getting his thoughts on all the NFL action over the weekend, and... Um, I guess with that, I'll introduce myself. A lot of you, hopefully, long-time listeners will know me. It's Colin Kelly bringing you the show. Hopefully, uh, if you're a newer listener, welcome along. Hopefully, you're going to enjoy this one. Hopefully, hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen to it on. Available, really, on all different feeds that you can get us uh, to listen to the show. So, hopefully, you will subscribe. Hit us with a comment and a written on iTunes or Stitcher. If you're on those devices, help move us up the rank and keep spreading the word. Phenomenal job you have been doing this off-season at spreading the word of Overtime Ireland. We do thank you continuously for your support um, up over that three and a half thousand followers mark now on twitter so let's keep moving it forward let's keep rolling towards four thousand and uh, thank you again as i mentioned for your continued support some of you may notice my voice uh, a little bit a little bit hoarse maybe starting off the show i've been drinking some tea some coffee this morning trying to get it ready for the show uh, very very hoarse when i woke up this morning a lot of fun watching all the action uh, in the nfl season had a few beers maybe a few too many beers but it was a lot of fun enjoyed all the action and i'm here to break it all down now uh, and i guess without further ado rather than me rambling on let's get the expert on the show let's get jeff reinbold on the show and let's get his thoughts on all the nfl action in the oti uh, the first oti let's say the first yes the first of the season the first off well all the way into the playoffs anyway see how many we go 17 18 weeks probably we're going to have uh, the first oti weekend recap let's recap this weekend's nfl action it's the oti weekend roundup once again, honoured to have back on the podcast, Jeff Reinbold, uh, Special Teams Coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who, for all the CFL fans out there, I know there's a bit of Tiger Cat Nation in the UK and Ireland at the moment, uh, following Jeff's journey over there. They're going quite well. Uh, look, look playoff bound, Jeff, and uh, things looking good for the Tiger Cats this season? Yeah, you know, right now we're 8-3 and, and, and in first place in the East. And, uh, you know, in general, in pro football, you think if you get to 10, that's the mantra we all use, get to 10, just get to 10, get to 10 wins and you got a chance to be in the playoffs. And, you know, we're, uh, like I say, with 11 down, we're eight and three and seven more to go. So our chances of getting to 10 are pretty good if we can stay healthy and keep playing well. Yeah, it looks good and uh, enjoying watching the games this season so far. So delighted to see the team progress. And last season, another good year, just didn't finish the way you would like. But the team's been getting better every year. And of course, special teams having a huge impact. And starting off, I could have started with any game for NFL Week 1 to look at. But one that there's been some interesting news come out since it, after it, Pete Carroll was talking to the Seattle Seahawks. And he talked about it in overtime. They went for a surprise onside kick. And he has come out after and said that, you know, that it wasn't a plan to go for the onside kick. He was saying that he just wanted to do kind of a pooch kick, keep the ball out of table on Austin's hands because he had already returned one for a touchdown in that game didn't work out for them they give up a short field and of course the Rams did hold on to win uh, by a field goal in overtime do you believe uh, the story that he's putting out there that it wasn't meant to be an onside kick or how do you think it uh, all went about there you know I watched that play very closely and it appeared from the kicker's approach and the way the ball was hit that you know that, that it was 
uh, called onside. And, and the yeah. same thing with the guys that were, were covering the kick at, at the point of attack. It appeared as though they expected an onside kick. I don't know if it was a communication challenge. I did see Pete's press conference after the game, and, and uh, he was adamant that they were trying to kick the ball down the field. But you got to remember, this is the National Football League, yeah. and those are some of the best kickers in the world. So for them not to for them to screw it up that badly would be a shocking thing to me. So I think somewhere in the in the middle is where the truth is, and and uh, you know, but that's that, that was interesting. And then I think the uh, the decision to uh, put it in Marshawn Lynch's hands on on fourth and one is the one that you know really is the it really is the one everybody's wagging their tongue about because last year in the Super Bowl when he didn't put it in Lynch's hands he got you know he got really heavily criticized so this time he puts it in Lynch's hands and they don't get the yard it was just you know all that stuff really all that stuff really shouldn't take away from St. Louis what a great effort their team did you know had and Tavon Austin and uh, and their you know their quarterback their new quarterback I, I thought uh played extremely well uh, against a really really good defense and and I think you see the you see the absence of Cam Chancellor when you watch the Seahawks play right now. Yeah, it looks it looks tough for them so far and um you know you mentioned that was the next point I was going to ask you about was the the Marshawn Lynch getting stopped for the one yard run but some surprise play calling all around but I have to say that uh, Nick Foles looked quite good in his debut for the the Rams and it's a, a big one here the defense looking extremely impressive for the Rams all around. Yeah, you know the Rams have played good defense for you know as long as Jeff Fisher's been there. They've got a really good uh, bunch bunch of defensive linemen. Uh, you know that that's always been Jeff Fisher's thing. He's you know was a defensive player, has been a defensive head coach both at Tennessee and at, at St. Louis. But now finally they've got themselves what looks like a, a little bit more settled quarterback situation. And Tavon Austin certainly is you know he is a dynamic dynamic guy. There he's one of the you know really big playmakers in the National Football League right now. Yeah, very impressive. Next game up, Jeff, uh, Tennessee Titans. I have to say, very impressed in this year with Marcus Mariota. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not looking too impressive at the moment. Uh, Jameis Winston's having his issues you know, developing into the, the system at the NFL level. We all know about his uh, situation in college, turning the ball over and so on and so forth. But even before this game, this was a game I had talked on our previous podcast. I thought the Titans had the better team, even though they're not as, you know, if they're playing another uh, top elite team, I don't think they have it. But they have some nice pieces. I thought Bishop Sankey got a really tough deal last season after the the offensive line issues they had there and I think he looked uh, quite good in this I thought Mariota was very impressive I know they got into a big lead earlier on and it was easy for him to deal with it where uh, in the other situation Winston had threw in a, a pick six very early so it made it you know a different scenario for both quarterbacks but I have to say looking at the, the first overall pick versus the second overall pick and it's very early and we're always very quick to judge these I, I like the poise shown by uh, Mariota in the pocket and I think he had a, a very impressive start here I think there are two things that would factor into this, and and uh, certainly, you know, I've been a Mariota fan, you know, since we started talking about the draft last year, and, I, and one of the reasons why was the touchdown to interception ratio, and his, you know, he threw so very few interceptions as a college player, and that was not Jameis Winston's strength. If you check his history at Florida State, especially the last year, threw an awful lot of interceptions, and I think. That is the thing that he's going to have to get control of, uh, you know, as he as he grows and matures as a quarterback. Now he threw two touchdown passes, but turnovers in the NFL absolutely kill you. And you know, Mariota didn't turn it over. He's very efficient, thirteen of sixteen, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions. 
Actually, he had more, he had more touchdowns than he had incompletions in the yeah. game, which is an outstanding start. Uh, I think the first time in history that a rookie's ever started with a perfect quarterback rating. Although uh, you don't uh, you don't get credit for that because you have to have thrown at least twenty passes yeah. to to uh, actually have it be an official stat. But look at Bishop Sankey, six point two yards of carry. I mean, that's that's I mean, you can average six yards of carry on in the National Football League, and uh, you know that, that's really uh, I think a uh, indication that he's a, a high-level player and Wright had, you know, four catches for 101 yards and averaged 21 or 25 yards a catch. So there's some there's some pieces there. There's some pieces in in uh, in Tennessee, and I think that you know people have to not get too wrapped up in Mariota's start, but certainly a great way to come out of the blocks and win on the road. And um, here here to me, I think too is where uh, something that we don't talk about a great deal, but. Uh, you know, Ray Horton is the defensive coordinator in Tennessee, but they brought in in the offseason Dick LeBeau, and you really saw his influence in the game. They they did some really neat things to confuse and and uh, and and get Winston to throw the ball. The ball the ball that got picked for the touchdown. He did a great job of disguising the coverage and dropped a guy underneath the receiver he didn't see, and and you know the ball got the ball got intercepted and run back for a touchdown. I think I think LeBeau's influence on that defense is you can't you can't you know overspeak that in training camp you see primarily vanilla coverages you know people aren't going to show their hand in those training camp games and so all of a sudden Jameis saw some things in the game that he had not seen before and that's why he ended up sixteen to thirty three and and you know through the picks. Yeah, and when you look again, you mentioned the disguise and the coverages. I thought they they done a very, very good job there. I thought, you know, as well with Tennessee, you look at uh, their history over the last maybe 10 years. It's been it's been a, a tough run for the Tennessee Titans fans. And I know we want to kind of put some cold water on uh, the success of their result yesterday. But it's not too often that Tennessee goes out and, you know, puts up 40 points on the board. So I'm sure the, the Titans fans are waking up happy this morning. And when you mentioned disguise and coverages, the Packers game was kind of almost clinched on a play with the disguise coverage. And it was the, the interception by Clay Matthews. He Starts off on the right hand side of the line as if he's going to, you know, press uh, and try and get at Jay Cutler, and he drops back into coverage, comes across in front of Martellus Bennett, and I thought he showed extremely good hands to, to pick it off and had a nice distance uh, return wise. But the big story in this game really was, uh, you know, James Jones getting picked up after getting cut by the, the New York Giants, goes and uh, grabs himself two touchdowns, and uh, you know the chemistry obviously still there with Aaron Rodgers. And just a question from a, a perspective of you being a coach. How uh, some of these decisions that, you know, he's not good enough to play for the, the New York Giants, but he can catch uh, two touchdowns on a Sunday for the Green Bay Packers uh, a week later? Well, you know what? It's These are tough, tough situations. You look, you look at James Jones, and he's a guy that really was kind of ushered out of two places. And, uh, but, you know, uh, he has been with the Packers. They know who he is. They know what he's about. Uh, he has a rapport with Rodgers. And I think in that offense, that's really important. You know, you, they lost. Jordy Nelson, and that's a guy that you know they're going to have a hard time replacing. Yeah, yeah. But when they bring in a guy who knows what the expectation level is on the offense, he knows what the mood of the locker room is. He knows what Mike McCarthy wants. He knows how the quarterback wants the, the routes run. It's a much easier transition. So, you know, I feel good for the guy because he get it. He gets a chance to come back and kind of resurrect his career. I, I think the Giants, after you know watching the game last night, certainly. You know, would wish to have him back, but hey, that's the way it is. You make decisions and you move on, do the best you can do. And um, this was a heck of a game. I, I, you know, you look at this game, Calm, and, and uh, it's got John Fox's fingerprints all over yeah. it. If you're a Bears fan, you know they played much better defense. They're much more sound. They're going to run the ball. They're going to try and mitigate 
the quarterback as much as they can. And, and you know, you, you mentioned Clay's play. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that seems to be the – it seems to be no matter how many times he throws it, it seems to be the you know the issue with Cutler. He's going to make a play somewhere oh, in the game that's going to that's going to hurt you. And you know, last night you know eight eighteen of thirty six for two twenty five, and and uh, you know he, he shows enough. You know, like he hit the twenty four yard touchdown to to Bennett. You know, and you look at it and you go, man, oh man, oh man. Uh, but you know, I just he just seems to always self destruct now. Really thought that the that the Bears did a good job of running the ball. Forte had 141 yards, and and uh, he might be in for me, for my money anyway, one of the two or three best all around backs in the NFL because he can catch it, he can run with it, he's a great blocker and pass protection. And, you know, so I think you're going to see a if you're a fantasy guy, get him on your fantasy team because I think he's going to you know they're going to ride him hard through the whole season because that'll help take some of the pressure off of. Uh, you know, uh, off of the quarterback. Yeah, I thought defensively, as you mentioned, I thought they were a lot more, uh, you know, stable than they have been in recent years. But it continues on a terrible record for the Bears against the Packers. Now the Packers have gone on and won uh, 10 of the last 11 games against them. And, you know, Jay Cutler's record has been pretty abysmal. Aaron Rodgers now 13 wins and three losses against the Bears in the 16 games. So, you know, it, it's still not good reading for the Bears. But they showed more signs of life here than I was expecting. I thought they were going to have a really, really tough year. And it will be a tough year for them in that division. But I think they're going to be. Maybe a little bit more fighting them than uh, people expect with the new head coach and John Fox coming in. And you mentioned Forte. He's obviously a very impressive running back. Uh, Martellus Bennett, a tight end, a player. I don't think it's uh, enough credit for what he does there. So I think they're going to have some pieces. But I do always think that, as you mentioned there, Cutler has that tendency to, to throw the, the interceptions that cost him the game. And uh, a man that you know does throw interceptions but is touted as arguably you know in the in the top two in the league as quarterbacks with uh, Aaron Rodgers and it's Andrew Luck. He does have his issues with turnovers, but against the Buffalo Bills, Rex Ryan has um, even taken this defense maybe a step further than they were last year, and arguably the best defense in the league going forward this season. The Bills very very impressive in their their victory here, and the, a lot of talking points. Tyrod Taylor getting his start, uh, done quite a nice job. Percy Harvin, you know, having having a nice game as well, and a lot of a lot of pieces. Sammy Watkins, a surprise here, held without a catch in this game. But I thought overall uh, the Bills definite value for for their victory here. Yeah, you know, Rex has done a great job. I I don't think there's any question about it. You look at what you know what they brought in in the off season. I mean, <clears throat> uh, you know, there was one play in the game where Shady kind of Shady McCoy kind of felt his presence, and even though they didn't run the ball particularly well, there's a lot of weapons on that on that Buffalo side. You know, you talked about uh, the fact that that uh, you know they bring in Percy Harvin. He hits a they get a big 51 yard touchdown reception out of him. Um, you know, they, they've got guys. I mean, they, the Bills have gotten better. Um, Williams, you know, had the long touchdown run. And, and uh, so, you know, I think the thing that you, you get with the Bills now is is a quarterback who they don't ask to do an awful lot. I mean, he only threw the ball. Taylor only threw the ball 19 times, but he threw it well. He was 14 and 19. He had 195 yards and a touchdown and, and uh, didn't, make, didn't, didn't turn it over. And that's the key thing. Didn't turn it over. Yeah. He can make plays with his legs. You know, you saw him get out, get out of, you know, get out of uh, the rush a couple times and, and get the ball down the field. So 
So I think the Bills are, you know, going to make some noise in that AFC East. Again, it's only one game, but when you go into a game, even though it's at home, and you really throttle a guy like Andrew Luck, I mean, he looked, he, you know, he looked not confused, but he looked frustrated over the course of the game. Twenty-six of forty-nine, and, and you know, through the interceptions, they sacked him, uh, but not only sacked him, they hit him and hurried him, and and uh, it was a great job. The defensive. Uh, you know the defensive scheme was, you know, I thought really a, did a great job of showing him a lot of looks, bringing people from all over the place, confusing the protections, uh, and then, you know, they, they the Bills lose Corey Graham, one of their DBs, in the first play of the game, and and you know that's hard to replace, and yet guys stepped up and went in, and and uh, you know I thought that that was really a a great start for the Bills. And then you got to consider they didn't even have the, you know, one of their best defensive linemen, Donovan Darius was, was uh, serving a suspension. Yeah. So, you know, the, when you get, when you get Darius in there, who's one of the better inside pass rushers in the game, this Buffalo defense has a chance to be really nasty. Yeah. And what we've seen this week as well is the importance of offensive line play. We've seen, they talked about Seattle, they got stopped in that fourth and one and Russell Wilson was pressured constantly throughout that game. And then this game too, luck, uh, you know, it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you are. If you have no time, if you're under pressure, it's obviously going to put a lot of, a lot of trouble on you. And you know, this season could be long seasons for, we talked about them being a high powered offense, looking at how good they could be statistically from scoring point of view, but you know, they, they were held without a score for the first three quarters of this game. So nice stuff from the Bills. They face the, the Patriots next week, which is, uh, you know, s- certainly going to be a nice clash so far. Uh, a team that um, I was also projecting to win this week. Some people maybe not as high on them as I would be. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs went to Texas, uh, about the Houston Texans, by 27 to 20. Uh, Alex Smith, you know, for all his uh, shortcomings, maybe the people criticize him for. He, as we mentioned, he can, he doesn't turn over the ball. He keeps the ball quite nicely. The opposition and the the Texans, they turned it over a couple of times. They had a quarterback change in it. Ryan Mallett came in uh, to finish the game off instead of instead of higher. But I thought overall uh, the Texans again impressive. You know, they they took in Macklin. They look he look he looks quite settled already. They took in uh, or they they have obviously Jamal Charles and you know Travis Kelsey looks to be uh, you know a superstar tight end in the making. Uh, two nice touchdowns early in the game for him and. You know, if he can stay uh, healthy, they've uh, a real talent there. Yeah, I think they're. You know, this is a team to watch now in that division because, you know, you look at Smith's line. He was twenty-two of thirty-three. You know, threw three touchdowns, two hundred forty-three yards, big plays. Uh, they've got weapons. You know, Charles and Nile Davis both. You know, I think are are backs that can hurt you. And then you know, you add. Macklin and you know to the receiving core. I think this is a team on the on the rise. I think it's a team that's getting better. Uh, that's you know that's a pretty proud Texans defense that they went against too. And and uh, you know they 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 got after him pretty good. So uh, for Alex Smith, you know you, you're uh, to me I'm happy for the guy because he took so much criticism yeah, when yeah. he was in San Francisco and he seems to have found a home in Kansas City. And you know uh, I think the offense suits him. They don't ask him to do a lot of things he can't do. From the Texan standpoint, boy, you got to be a little concerned at your quarterback position, you know, because Hoyer didn't look, you know, he did, Hoyer is Hoyer, and uh, you know, then then they bring in Mallet, and uh, you know, they they ran the ball, you know, you look at Grimes and Blue, the two backs, they they handled, you know, they touched the ball fifteen times, and they averaged four yards a carry, but there was not that, you know, that what they need is big plays out of those guys. They need big chunk runs, and and didn't get those things, so. You know, I, I don't know. It's uh, the Texans offensively. It's going to be tough, I think. And uh, you know, they got they got some players, but you know, the inconsistency of quarterback in the National Football League will get you beat. So uh, they got to go back to the drawing board. And, and Kansas City, I think, you know, got to feel pretty good about their you know their start. 
Yeah, JJ Watt had a big game in this. If there's any consolation for the for the Texans, is uh, Hopkins as well. DeAndre Hopkins is uh, looks to be going to have a big season. But as you mentioned, they kind of if they get Foster back, maybe get some of those explosive running plays and then take a little bit of pressure off the quarterback, not forcing him to make as many maybe third down, you know, third and eight completions and so on. It'll make it a little bit easier for them. But uh, the defense is very good, but it's going to be long season offensively. And the Chiefs defense too looked uh, amazing again with Justin Houston who led the league in sacks last year. You know, uh, getting a strip fumble off. Uh, Brian Hoyer at the time he was in the game so I think overall the, the Chiefs are definitely a team to, to look for as the season progresses um, the Miami Dolphins I thought they would have dispatched a lot easier with the Redskins they did get the job done in the end but it wasn't particularly uh, pretty viewing for Dolphins fans up until the final score I don't think that the Redskins have had uh, well documented issues throughout the off season, and uh, that's going to continue I suppose into the season I'm not the biggest fan of Kirk Cousins he's a bit like when we talk about Jay Cutlery uh, when you watch him he always has that interception or two interception in there uh, to, to cause the team with turnovers he had two interceptions and they lose by a single score and they give up uh, a punt return as well so there's some positives for the Redskins but a, a tough day at the office for them and uh, the Dolphins just get that important win on the board I guess we'll, we'll say yeah I think you know in the bottom line column is they don't ask you how they just ask you how many and you know certainly for the Dolphins this is their first one and, yeah. and uh, you know you take the win and, and learn from it and you know I, I think the thing that we saw with the Dolphins is the Dolphins have more ways to beat you than just you know Ryan Tannehill you know and uh, Landry is really a dynamic player and and you know he hit that punt return for him which really broke the game open Washington had kind of not dominated the game but Washington is certainly you know they had more yards they had more time of possession uh, you know Al Morris rushed for 121 in the game and uh, you know uh, Cousins really wasn't bad 21 of 31 but you know, what you don't see in them is the explosiveness on offense. And, you know, so I think that, uh, you know, for the Dolphins, certainly it's a good start. They get a win. Now they can go on and, and hopefully build on it. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, for the Redskins, you know, all the, all the drama, all the time, you know, with the, uh, with the Redskins and, and, uh, you know, you got to find a way to win in this league. And, and it's, they don't give you, you know, you don't get, credit for time of possession or you know having more yards than the opponent by line you got to put more points on the on the board no matter how you get them yeah that, that is for sure and uh, it, it was a clean sweep uh, this weekend for for that whole entire division the jets also picking up against the the browns a 31 to 10 victory uh, you know josh mccown got a, a concussion after he had a, a fumble near the goal line in this one he went out johnny manziel came in Manziel started well by all accounts and uh, threw a nice 54-yard touchdown to Travis Benjamin. But after that, there wasn't a lot more to come from the Browns. The Jets kind of stopped the run. They didn't allow too much through the air. And, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a, you know, I know the, the tag game manager gets thrown around a lot, but he certainly helped the team to this victory. And uh, a man who I didn't think was getting much respect this offseason, and uh, I think he's going to have a nice year for the Jets running the ball, is uh, I think they'll use him a bit more as a workhorse. It's Chris Ivory. He ran for two touchdowns in this one. So uh, a good one for the Jets, and um, you know, uh, impressed with Todd Bowles' start here. Yeah, you know, Todd Bowles, good good defensive football coach. And, and uh, you know, <clears throat> when when uh, McGowan went out on that helicopter, well, he got helicoptered at the, at the goal line, <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it, it then fell on Johnny Manziel, and and again, you saw some better play, frankly, from Manziel than we saw a year ago, certainly. But you know, still a long ways to go to be a, a great quarterback in the National Football League. And you know, you look at the Browns, and you see the you look at their rushing stats in the game, and the top two you know, rushers are their quarterbacks, and that's not good. They've got to be able to run the football and take some pressure off that young quarterback. 
Um, the Jets, on the other hand, you know, you talk about Fitz and, and uh, is he good enough? Well, he was good enough yesterday, and, and his numbers weren't great, 15 to 24 for 179, but he had two touchdowns. And like you say, Ivory gives him a gives him a you know bump in the run game. Bilal Powell is, you know, again, average five yards a carry. So your backs were right at five yards a carry, which is good on you know 32 carries. And they're going to run the football, and, and Brandon Marshall made plays for him. I thought that was a big plus for him, and, and uh you know, he takes a little heat off of Decker and, you know, you, you give some weapons to, uh, you know, give some weapons to the, a quarterback who is hopefully has the maturity to not screw it up for you and play great defense and you're going to be in every game. And that's, if you're a Jets fan, that's what you want to be. You want to be in every game. And it's certainly putting points on the board like they did yesterday, certainly for for Jets Nation out there, they got to feel pretty good about it, even though it was Cleveland. Cleveland played good defense last year. They just couldn't score on offense. And I think if you're a Browns fan, you got to be frustrated because you realize there's a lot of work left to be done in, in Cleveland. Yeah, and the next game up, the, the Carolina Panthers against against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Remember the less said about this game, the better. Uh, the, Luke Keekley obviously went out of this game with a concussion. He'll be evaluated this week to see if he'll be able to play in week two. That was a, a you know a, a down point for the Panthers in this victory. But overall, both quarterbacks had their issues. Uh, another bad pick six throw by uh, Blake Bortles in this game really sealed their fate. And just there wasn't a lot of a lot of highlights in this game altogether. No, not really. You know, and, you, and you, if you're, but if you're a Panther fan, it's kind of like uh, you got the W. It's kind of like Panther ball right here. You know, they, they're going to play great defense. They, you know, Josh Norman intercepts the ball and takes it back for a score, and you know they they just do enough offensively. Although, you know, you look at Cam, and uh, you know he just signed a hundred four million dollar contract, sixty million guaranteed, and then. You know, he's only 18 to 31 for 175 yards and a touchdown. But, he, you know, again, every once in a while you see that, that other dimension that he has, you know, where he can get out of the pocket and run. And if he can cut down on the interceptions, the, the Panthers are good enough on defense, you know, especially if they can get Keekley back off that, off that head injury that he suffered, then they're going to be in every game because Stewart can run the football. You know, they're going to pound away at you. You know, Olsen will make a few plays for him. Teddy Ginn, you know, Jr., who, you know, you talk about the receiving core. I mean, you look at Kotchery and Ginn, and you think, well, that's not that's not what you're looking for. But those guys made enough plays yesterday, and Ginn does have that vertical speed. So, uh, you know, again, that's what if you're if you're a Panther fan, get used to these kind of games because that's the way they're going to be every week. If you're a Jacksonville fan, you know, it's got to be a little little bit disappointing because you you felt pretty good coming out of the preseason that that Blake was ready to take another step and even though he completed 22 balls it was on 40 attempts and for only 183 yards so uh, again I think that's going to be a, a, a kind of a thorn in their side until they can get some explosive plays on offense. Yeah I watched uh, some of this game back last night after it was over and it, uh, it wasn't pretty watching but uh, I think as well Bartles I think his wide receivers let him down a couple of throws you know he had a few third down conversions that the, the throw was there and the, the catch should have been made but you know the, the wide receiver just doesn't come down with the ball and you know that there obviously hurts the, the team as well but the next game up and talking to you know offensive play not been very pretty the, the Broncos beat the, the Ravens by 19 to 13 in Mile High Stadium and both teams kind of struggled enough, and you know you would expect it from the Ravens, maybe because their wide receiver core is a bit like the Panthers, a little bit depleted at the minute. They have Steve Smith Senior there, but a, a lot of other kind of unknown quantities around him. And then you have uh, the Broncos. You know, a lot of questions around Peyton Manning since last season into the off season, and now 
through the preseason, and I think you know there's still very, very a lot of a lot of concerns. Uh, I'd be concerned anyway for Broncos fans. Just um, some of the throws he was making yesterday, dying off all of a sudden, and just you know pinpointing their way down to the turf rather than towards the wide receivers' hands. I thought defensively both teams look very good but you know the one thing I take away from this game Jeff and I'm sure you think as well I picked I picked the Ravens to, to represent the AFC in the in the Super Bowl this year and uh, Terrell Suggs t- tore his Achilles in this one and you know that there could that could put an end to that there uh, scenario that I predicted but that is a, such a huge blow for this team who he really is the defensive leader of the team since you know Ray Lewis retired yeah, it's you know it's tough. You know you, they're they're a defense in transition now. They still play good defense because any time you can hold Peyton Manning to no touchdowns, yeah. it's that's pretty doggone good. But uh, you know they're going to feel the loss of Suggs over the course of the season, not only as a pass rusher but also as you said, a leader of that defensive unit. Somebody else is going to have to step up. I'm, I, you know, I watched the game. I'm a little concerned. I actually, traded text with Mark Trustman yesterday a couple times, right. and uh, you know as he was getting ready for the game. You know, Flacco just didn't look comfortable. He, you know, obviously a lot of that has to do with Denver's defense because I think they're really yeah, good. And that, again, that's the addition of another veteran defensive coach into that. You know, into that system in Denver when Wade came in. I think you know you see his influence. You know, they know how to get after the passer. Um, Flacco looked uncomfortable in the pocket. You know, it was eighteen to thirty-two for one seventeen, and you know, throwing off his back foot a lot. You know the timing, the timing of the plays were, you know, kind of disrupted because of all the pressure. And then you know Steve Smith dropped the ball at the end that that uh, you know normally he's going to catch almost every time. But you know for set fourteen of forty three, only three point one on the ground. That was the big thing mm-hmm. for them last year was their ability to run that zone play, and you know his ability to make plays and and set up the play action game when you can't run the football. And then you're just relying on, I don't care who your quarterback is, you're relying on that guy to go back and, and you know, make plays for you. It, it puts more pressure on him. On the other side of the, you know, at the other side of the coin, you know, you Peyton 24-40 for 175. Uh, yeah, I thought Emmanuel Sanders played well. Um, you know, he Peyton missed him one time in the end zone, what what should have been a touchdown, uh, kind of overthrew the ball. They're they're going to grow offensively, but I agree with you, Calm. I, I see some things now in, in Peyton that, you didn't see in the past, and you know I think if you're Denver, you got to understand that, the, that window of opportunity for a Super Bowl is closing quickly. And you know as long as they play defense, they're going to have a chance. And then uh, offensively, I think they'll you'll see them pick it up as they get more used to you know Kubiak's scheme. Yeah, I think if they do go far this season, I think it's going to be based on the on the defensive side of the ball. And you know I said earlier in the the preseason we would know after two weeks of the regular season about. Manning's arm and how it was and you know that's one week down it didn't look all that good so we'll see how he gets on next week but the Cardinals and the Saints uh, 31 to the Cardinals 19 to the Saints a big one here for the Cardinals and they've had a very very good home record and you know Carson Palmer back from his ACL they were doing very well last season up to his injury he threw he threw three touchdowns the Saints had no problem moving the ball Breeze threw for 355 yards but they couldn't punch the ball into the end zone had to settle for four field goals in this one so I thought overall uh, probably deserved one for the Cardinals although it was you know close to, until late on in this one. Yeah, you know what? As a Saints guy and and uh, friend of you know Robbie Ryan, I'm yeah. a little concerned again. What I saw, even though Ellington got hurt, when you look at his day, twelve of twelve rushes for six and five point eight, the Saints don't tackle very well again, and that was a problem that they had last year. Um, you know, I, for for the for the Saints to get back to you know the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs, they got to they got to find a way to play some defense and and. Uh, 
I'm sure Rob is really frustrated. You know, you look at Breeze's 30, 48 for 355, and, and you can't win the football mm. game. Um, and, you know, again, that's part of the reason is, you know, the, the player Palmer. Palmer, 19 of 32, 307, three touchdowns. Um, you know, you, you can't give up 31 points very many times in the National Football League, even with a great quarterback like Drew Brees on your side, and expect you're going to win a lot of football games, you know. So, uh, you know, if, if you're in who that nation, got to be a little concerned, you know, today. And, and if you're the Cardinals, obviously you're really worried about Ellington's, Ellington's health because he's such a great player. But Palmer looked good coming off that ACL. He moved around well in the pocket, kept some plays alive getting out of the pocket, not not certainly to run it, but to keep plays alive. And, you know, Larry Fitzgerald, again, six six balls, 87 yards, 14.5. And, and uh, you know, the big guy, Fells, had averaged 20 yards a catch at tight end and scored a touchdown. So, I thought it was, you know, again, Arizona football. You know, Todd Bowles isn't there, but their defense still played well. It came after you, made some big plays. That's the way they are. They're going to be opportunistic and pick, you know, pick balls off and knock balls out and, you know, give that offense more chances. If if Arizona stays healthy, I think, you know, they got a chance to be a, you know, playoff team. Yeah, the Chargers then, uh, another team that are going to be in the hunt for the playoffs, beating the, the Detroit Lions 33-28. to And this one looked like the Lions were very comfortable, looked like they were going to win it quite easily. And Rivers and the, the Chargers got 30 straight points without reply to, to get the victory in this one. Ladarius Green catching an early fourth-quarter touchdown to get the win. Uh, I think Rivers had a, had a nice game overall. He had two, started the game early, two interceptions, then he came back very, very strongly. And I think when you look at the game as well, Keenan Allen... Um, had 15 receptions, I believe he finished with in this game, so he he looked very good in this, and uh, I just think overall they looked good. And then the, on the in the Lions side of the ball, Stafford, I put him still in the same category as, category as Cutler, and there's always a, a mistake or two in there. But I think uh, Amir Abdullah looks like the the real deal for them at running back. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I thought that I thought the Lions kind of wilted. I think the, yeah. the you know, people don't realize how hard that travel is when you're going from the East Coast time zone to the West Coast time zone. Yeah, there's been a study done by the NFL, and the more time zones you move, the lower your percentage of you know winning is. And so, for them to go across the country and play, and like you say, in the heat on you know one o'clock in San Diego, that's that's a, a tall ask. And I thought that their team kind of showed their <clears throat> showed that in the second half of the game. You know, they uh, they they weren't able to finish the way that you you certainly would want to finish, and and. Uh, Abdullah it was a positive sign. You average seven yards a carry. That's that's you know you, there's there's some weapons there in Detroit. You know, and Ebron's starting to show a little bit at tight end. Uh, then you look at the Chargers and Phillips. Phillip, I mean, four hundred yards again, thirty-five <laughs> of forty-two, and and uh, you know I, I like that running back Gordon. I, you know, I, I saw flashes of him. You know, and then Woodhead's always going to be a dependable guy. Keenan Allen, what do you say about a guy like that? Fifteen balls for one hundred and sixty-six. That's you know, fifteen balls is a month for some guys, and, and he gets it. He gets it in the first in the first day. So if you had him on your fantasy team, you're feeling pretty good about yourself on this Tuesday. Yeah, I have him in quite a few leagues, and you know when you look at it, he got he had a, kind of people were saying he had a down year last year in the sophomore season. This year's third year, and I thought he would take a big step forward. But when you look last year, he still had the the reception count was very very high, same as his rookie season, but it was the touchdowns that went down. So we'll see how he goes. But a, a big big day for him, tying the uh, record for the Chargers receptions. Uh, <laughs> Hall of Famer Kennel Winslow set that in 1984, so he's in some good company there. Two games left to hit Jeff uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. 
uh, romped home with an easy win here against the Raiders. I didn't see a whole lot from the Raiders in this. Derek Carr hurt his hand and it had to leave the game, but you know it doesn't look to be a long-term injury. Cincinnati, uh, very, very good. Hill with a nice game and, and all right. Just a, an easy kind of win for the Bengals. Didn't look under pressure at any stage. Yeah, I was really disappointed with this one. You know, I, I really thought the Raiders were headed in the right direction. Yeah. And then, you know, like you say, quarterback hurts his hand. Now you're into now you're into you know Matt McGloin and and uh, you know you got what you get normally get out of Matt, Matt McGloin. You know, 142 yards. He's kind of efficient. He can manage the game a little bit. And he threw a couple touchdown passes, but does certainly not doesn't have the you know velocity on the on the ball that Derek Carr does. The ability to throw the ball long like Derek Carr does. Um, you know, disappointed in the Raider defense. You know, uh, um, just you know, Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. He's not, in my opinion, a great quarterback, but he ripped them twenty-five yeah. to thirty-four for two sixty-nine and two touchdowns. And you know, they didn't. St- Giovanni Bernard, you know, eight carries, sixty-three yards, seven point nine a carry. You know. And, uh, you know, they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. And, you know, it's, it's, it's the, I tell you what, it's been a, the first weekend just highlights how important having a tight end is because, you know, you look at Tyler Eifert's game, nine yeah, catches yeah. for 104 and two touchdowns. And you look at Kelsey's game and you look at, at the game Gronkowski had, you know, start to, you know, start the season off. So you see the value of tight ends in this first week of the season. Yeah, and uh, the last game up now, and that there's the the Dallas Cowboys, and this was a dramatic one, uh, really, really snatched late on by the Dallas Cowboys, Jason Witten getting the go-ahead, touchdown with seven seconds remaining, the big news coming out of this as well, Des Bryant with a broken bone and has fought out four to six weeks, so a blow there for the Cowboys, and it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they can, you know, will Terrence Williams step up, who steps up in his place, uh, Cole Beasley there as well, but uh, the Giants, the uh, question mark on them too, with uh, Coughlin deciding to, to throw it at the, the one-yard line, we've had a lot of one-yard line scenarios this uh, 2014 or 2015 year with the, the Super Bowl at the end, but Surely, uh, if you take that back, he would run it this time. You know what? I, I, I give Tom credit. I mean, uh, he he, after he, it, he talks about it after the game. Says nobody blamed but me. It was my call. I made it, and uh, it was a bad call. He didn't run from it. Didn't hide from it. He you know took full responsibility of it. Um, you know, this game to me that's it's you think about. Uh, Jason Witten, and he might be the cowboy of cowboys, yeah. <laughs> and you know, really phenomenal. How what he the just the kind of relationship that that on the field that Romo and Witten seem to have with one another. You lose your top receiver, uh, and you know they find a way to win, and that's what good teams do. You find a way to win, and and certainly when you can win in their division, that's even more important. Winning divisional games. <clears throat> Are are critical because they really count twice as they count for twice they're as much because they're yeah and they're tiebreakers and those are the games you 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 take control with right so the the Cowboys win against the Giants even though you know you say wow you only beat the Giants by one twenty seven twenty six I'm gonna tell you something it doesn't matter whether it's one or one hundred you want to win in your division so it's a huge start for the Cowboys uh, you know I didn't. You didn't see. It's going to be interesting as, as this plays out. Is Randall and McFadden are they going to be? You know, are they going to equal together what they lost in the off season? Yeah. You know, and and I think that's going to be the that's going to be the story for the for the Cowboys going forward, especially now that Dez is hurt because that running game is going to be put, you know, on on 
as a feature thing now. I really, truly believe that. Like you said, Cole Beasley's going to have to step up. I think some of those receivers uh, that, that have been kind of in desert shadow, Williams is going to have to step up and, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Obviously, uh, I was, I, you know, I thought, Eli played pretty darn well. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought the Giants as a whole played very well, and a lot of Cowboys fans. People asked for the predictions, overtime Ireland predictions, and I had picked the on the podcast and on Twitter. I'd picked the Giants to pull off the upset here, and I think you know they'd done enough. They 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 done they didn't have as much time in possession as the Cowboys had, but I thought they'd done a nice job overall. And when they had possession, and you know they really when when you have the ball the one yard line with a minute and a half to go, and you're you know. Your three points up, you should you should really be sitting the deal. I thought they'd done enough, and uh, I thought they were impressive enough in what they'd done on the road. Eli Manning, you know, he seems sometimes to play better on the road than he does at home. I thought he had quite a nice game. Yeah, and I think that you're exactly right, Colm. What you what you have to do is put yourself in position to yeah. win the game in the end. And the Giants certainly did that. They didn't get it done, but they did put themselves in a position to win the game at the end. And I think that. You know that's encouraging if you're if you're a Giant fan. We all live and die on it every week. I mean, we're fans of the National Football League. We're fans of our teams, and so it's it seems, you know, like every Monday is a better Monday if you win on Sunday, and every Monday is, is more bitter as you go back to work on Monday if you don't win on yeah. Sunday. But fans have to remember this is a 16 game season. It's a it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, and you know they'll they'll get back into the film room today and, and evaluate the tapes and uh, make the adjustments that they feel like they need to make. And, you know, the, the, hopefully the Giants will get crews back soon. And, the, you know, the Cowboys, you're, if you're sitting over there, you're you're saying, okay, now how are we going to mitigate the loss of, you know, our best offensive player and, and, you know, hopefully keep finding a way to win a game next week and move forward. Yeah, so, you know, possibly coming out of it with the injury to Dez, the Giants might actually be set up better going forward for the next four weeks than the Cowboys, so that's going to be interesting to watch as we move forward. But, Jeff, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing all the NFL action with you. It's great to have the NFL back on our screens, and I would urge all the listeners as well to to give the the CFL a watch and to definitely give Jeff a follow on Twitter. It's at Jeff underscore Rainbow. It's R-E-I-N-E-B-O-L-D. Hopefully I spelled that correct, Jeff, and uh, he's very interactive with anyone. Anyone has questions on Twitter, that get in touch and uh, it's always great to have him on the show. Thanks as always, Jeff. And, uh, I, of course, it's my pleasure, Colm. It's my pleasure, and I, I really appreciate the great job you guys do at, at uh, the Overtime Pod. You know, keeping talking ball in Ireland, and and uh, to all the Ticat Nation Ireland. You know, appreciate all your love so far, and and hang with us because we're on a run, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll host, hoist that great cup, and then. <laughs> get on an airplane and get back to the Sky Studios as, as soon as we can in, in November. Yeah, hopefully you uh, have a great uh, rest of the season and uh, we're spreading the word of uh, the NFL here. Of course, uh, I'm heading away on Friday down under. I'll be going to, I'm going to live in Australia for about 10 months, so it'll be uh, the Overtime Ireland Australian podcast. should be fun spreading the word down there as well. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look forward to that. I, I tell you what, that's big. go to Surfer's Paradise. It's an yeah. awesome place. We might have, to, might have to hook you up with it. It'll be even more fun organizing the, the different times zones but as always Jeff it's been an absolute pleasure and uh, good luck for the rest of the season with the Ticats alright thanks Colm I appreciate it hi I'm Delaney Walker tight end for the Tennessee Titans and you listen to Overtime Ireland
So thanks as always to Jeff for coming on the show. Of course, I mentioned their follow on Twitter. It's at Jeff underscore Rainbow. Definitely well worth a follow on there. Uh, just a few questions we got in for the show. Um, as before the show, put out a tweet to see. You can always send your questions to us uh, at Overtime Ireland. Or if it's longer than a tweet, overtimeireland at gmail.com. But a few questions in. And Gavin Doherty has sent in. He's wondering, as an Eagles fan, I want to know what do you think of our chances uh, this season? And uh, can Quinn fix our defence? It's going to be interesting to see how the defence holds up against the Philadelphia Eagles tonight, that's Monday Night Football. Two games on tonight, of course, the, the Minnesota Vikings also taking on the San Francisco 49ers. Can we both interesting to see both those games, how the teams do. Adrian Peterson back in his first game and so on. Teddy Bridgewater starting his second year. Obviously the 49ers with a lot of off-season stuff going on, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how both teams do. And of course, the, the Eagles playing the Falcons as well. But on the case of the Falcons, I think you know, anytime you have Matt Ryan, and I'm, I'm a big Matt Ryan fan, I'm a huge admirer of Julio Jones on him in many, many fantasy leagues this season. Uh, got him in as many leagues as I possibly could. I think you're going to see a huge night tonight from him. I think I think the Eagles defense will be better than some people expect in, in this one, but I think as a whole, I think Julio Jones is going to get his yards in it, and it's going to be interesting to see how guys like Hankerson do at wide receiver for them, what's going to happen with the running back situation, and of course then the tight end position. There's a lot of question marks on the offensive pieces, and then of course you have the, the stability of Julio there to, to get his yards and you know I'm expecting 100 yards and maybe even two touchdowns going for my predictions on what he'll do tonight but on the defensive side of the ball again it's going to take time to take in those pieces he ran a simple kind of system with the Seahawks a lot of people admire the Seahawks and how their defense works but it is quite simple uh, from a you know a tactical point of view from a scheme point of view and he just had the very very talented players able to run that he doesn't have those players yet in uh, in Atlanta but you know it's going to be a big test for them tonight against the high-powered uh, Eagles offense, who many people are expecting. So you're getting a very, very tough test come week one to see how it goes. But, you know, they were very, very poor last year. I think they have to take a step forward this year. And that's exactly why they took in Dan Quinn, was to try and tighten up that defense. So, Gavin, uh, I think they're going to they're going to be slightly improved this year, but it's very, very early yet to see. I think long-term Quinn will do a nice job in the defense, but it's just whether he has been able to get enough pieces uh, to fit his scheme and to make it work efficiently is uh, the big question at the moment. Tom Marshall sent in a question. He's wondering which was the biggest surprise, the Bills trampling the Indianapolis Colts or the Titans slicing up the Buccaneers. Well, to me, I thought the Bills had a chance. If you listen back to the, the previous podcast, uh, previewing the game with Matt Money-Smith, I think this defense is going to be phenomenal this year. I think they proved it, and we talked about the importance of offensive linemen. We talked about the, the Colts' offensive line worries, and you know that there was uh, evident to see again in this game, a lot of pressure on them. I didn't mention it with Jeff, but T.Y. Hilton came out of that game with an injury, suspected bone bruising his knee, might miss two or three games. So, as a man who also owns him in a number of leagues, I'm hoping that uh, you know it's uh, he's back soon rather than later in that their scenario but the Colts offense really did struggle in this one it was down to the Bills you know front seven really putting pressure and I thought their secondary held up well as well uh, in coverage so it was an interesting game to watch uh, the Tennessee Titans I also thought that I thought you know from the preseason Marcus Mariota has looked a lot better than Jameis Winston I know it's only the preseason but I could only take so much out of it but watching uh, you know the game I mentioned with Jeff I thought that Mariota looked very poised in the pocket. I thought he looked good, and I think they're doing some nice stuff there with the scheme, moving him about a little bit, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see him going. I think he has a very steady head on his shoulder. So, looking forward to seeing him in the coming weeks. And as I mentioned, uh, I would like to see the Titans have a nice little run. You know, like the Browns, like the Titans, like the Jags. I'd like to see them getting a few wins because they've had a, a lot of tough years recently. And. They, you know, make them a little bit more relevant in the NFL. But Titans fans will be happy the day after putting up a lot of points. The Buccaneers fans won't be as happy, I'm sure. And it could be another long season for them. But um, 
if I had to pick which one was more surprising, I think the Bills, because I didn't think they would completely shut down that offense for three quarters, which they did in this one. Uh, I thought the Titans would win. I did back the Titans uh, to win this game against the, the Buccaneers from a betting perspective, so I was happy on that front, and uh, I think I'll go for the Bills being the most surprising one there, Tom. George Brantby sent in a question, and he's wondering, based on yesterday, the Browns were a complete shambles. Ideas for turning it around, please. And I don't know if he wants me to send them to him or to send them to the Cleveland Browns, but the Browns had a lot of issues with turnovers yesterday. They couldn't really get the run game going. I have to say, though, you know, we're looking at the New York Jets here, and I've been kind of having a look at them all offseason. And from a fantasy perspective, I, I own quite a number of Jets players. You know, uh, I've been talking up the chances of Chris Ivory, you were getting him kind of in the fifth, sixth round of NFL drafts and, you know, fantasy drafts. And I think now, if you were drafting this week, I think you'd probably be looking at him maybe in the third round. It looks like he's going to be a workhorse back for them. Bilal Powell as well had a nice game, but I think Chris Ivory is the, the more talented of the two. You're looking around the team then. Brandon Marshall had a nice game and so on and so forth. And But when you're looking at it as a whole, I think they're going to be better than people expect. And, you know, when you're your quarterback, you have your whole game plan set up for... Josh McCowan, he goes off with a concussion. Johnny Manziel started off quite well, but you know then he, he couldn't really figure out the defense from after that, and they had an issue. Uh, I think it was four turnovers they had. So when you have turnovers, you're always going to struggle. I thought the running game would be a strength of this, but then we've had the off-season issues. Uh, they traded away Terrence West, um, kind of just got rid of him, drafted him last year in the third round. I think it wasn't basically got rid of him for nothing. And then they've had their issues with... Duke Johnson staying healthy and I thought he would be a lot more involved in the passing game but he wasn't involved yesterday really all that much he didn't actually catch a pass and from that perspective got some rushes on the ground but I think between him and Crowell it's going to take them a while to figure it all out and you know the receiving core is not impressive at all so I think uh, George the Browns is going to be a, a long long year but you know I think you're probably looking at maybe four four wins this season it's it was a tough start yesterday but don't uh, get too down on the team we've seen many many times that teams come out maybe look very good in week one and that's as far as it goes for them this in the season we've seen teams that lose in week one and go on to have a nice a nice season all around and uh, you know make a, a late season surge so we'll see what happens but you know it's, it's not looking that rosy for the Cleveland Browns all at the moment so that was the the selection of the kind of the tweets sent in I'm going to try and answer some tweets on every show so you can send them in to at Overtime Ireland Twitter Overtime Ireland gmail.com via the email scenario we're always looking for writers here at Overtime Ireland if you're interested hit us up as well with an email uh, Overtime Ireland at gmail.com let us know your interest and we'll uh, have a look at your work and hopefully get some of it published on the OvertimeIreland.com site of course keep spreading the word of Overtime Ireland it has been phenomenal your support the last few weeks really enjoying doing the shows at the moment some great guests coming on and Really, really enjoying it. I'll be back. Uh, it's going to be an earlier show recapping, or not recapping, sorry, previewing week two this week. Because as I mentioned, I'm uh, heading off to Australia. I'll be flying from Dublin to Dubai on Friday. So I'll have to have the show probably up. I think it's going to be up on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. It's going to have to be an earlier show recapping the whole week. And then it's going to be fun trying to schedule what way we do the recap show. Because uh, I'm going to be in Dubai for that recap show. It'll be interesting. It might just be myself talking about my thoughts. Because time scheduling could be uh, a fun, fun issue. But we'll see we'll see what happens then the, the following preview show should be done from Melbourne so it's really going to be an international week here at OvertimeIreland.com this one's from Ireland the next one will be Irish then we're going down to Dubai and then it's going to be all the way down to Oz so fun few weeks coming up here do continue as I mentioned to support the show please do hit us up with a written or a, a comment subscription on iTunes Stitcher whatever you listen to it on and OTI Fantasy Fives is going to be back for a second week this week it's going to be a game on Sunday and it's likely I think going to be the Packers versus the Seahawks and of course go Pack go I kept it very neutral there talking to Jeff about the the Packers but uh, of course a good one against the big rivals the Chicago Bears 
Of course, uh, talking about the bears, a quick shout out to uh, Claire the Bear on Twitter. She has some fantastic giveaways. We've been retweeting them recently for her. And this week's giveaway features uh, it's a lot of Packers kit. And of course, it features uh, an Overtime Ireland t-shirt thrown in there as well. So do get following her and uh, tough luck for her on the Bears. Uh, I can't say I feel too sorry for the Bears fans this morning after the, the Packers get the win. But uh, a great competition. You should definitely get involved in there. Could win yourself some goodies. And uh, of course, until I'm back later in the week, my name's Colin. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Colin Kelly follow Overtime Ireland at Overtime Ireland and until the next show of course have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word this has been an Overtime Ireland production